welcome to the Recruiting.Technology Podcast, the best in HR automation, productivity, data, and more anywhere on these fine interwebs. Here are our hosts, Jason Roberts and Andrew Godomsky. Hi, this is Andrew Godomsky, and that is... Jason Roberts. And this is Recruiting.Technology, the best in bots, automation, all things algorithmic, anywhere on the internet, and Facebook. <laughs> Every once in a while. Every once in a while. We are live from the Venetian and the Sands Exposition Center at HR Technology's biggest conference, HR Tech, and we are sitting with Kevin Wheeler, uh, future of work enthusiast, and longtime pontificator and expert in staffing and recruiting. It's our pleasure to have Kevin. It's our pleasure to have Kevin. Yeah. That's pretty good. I feel like I should be blessing you guys or something. You know? I love it. I'm one of the originals. You know what's funny? I, I, Kevin and I were at, a, at an event earlier this week together, and I told him the story of the fact that I, I was going to his sessions and seeing his stuff 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I was out, uh, and then and he did this set of analytics, like recruiting analytics, um, I don't know, two-day sessions, two-day workshops, and I somehow convinced somebody that they should pay for me to go do this workshop, and I went and did it. I think I worked at Cisco at the time, maybe. So I, I went and did this thing, and I got so much mileage out of that. Like, it was extraordinary. That might have been the early, like, step into analytics for me. I don't know, but I just I found myself being the only person that could speak the language. It was a pretty new language mm-hmm. back then. Very new. So <laughs> it was it was great. It was I great. remember I remember meeting I think I think we probably met maybe at at the at the old Kennedy events years could ago. Be. Probably, probably was like recruiting trends or something yeah. like that. Yep. Anna Brecca and oh, Anna Brecca, yes. You know, the good old days. Huh? The old days. <laughs> the old days. <laughs> yeah. Or eight days of Recruiting conferences. Yeah. But that's where we met too. Then, where, at in Vegas. We met in Vegas at a recruiting trends, and I did a thing on big data, and you were doing like like. Did you know you could make you know like money and magic with data? Something like that. <laughs> something, like, <laughs> something like that. That's where we met. But all right, so let's let's talk about you know, you know Kevin. You know, you have seen a series of evolutions within. We were at an HR technology conference. But the types of technologies that have been touching recruiting uh, and staffing have changed a lot over time, almost to the point where I think that we've gone through cycles, right? So it's like some of the stuff that was like old and awesome like 10 years ago is now new and awesome. I'm like, I remember that. Like if I, if I hear one more person talk about design thinking, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was called something else 10 years ago. But what are some of the observations that you're seeing kind of like what we were saying, like what's What's, what's old is new, what's used to be hot is hot again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the old saying that um, things change, but nothing ever changes, right? right? And I can remember when technology was introduced into recruiting. So it was the very first optical scanning, resume optical scanning tools uh, with Resumex. And it was the first so-called ATS. And its only capability was to scan a CV into a computer so that you could actually look at it on your screen. Uh, You couldn't really search it yet. Uh, And the OCR was so bad that we had to have seven or eight people correcting the OCR. So we sold it that we would save a lot of money and personnel and we ended up doubling everything uh, in the end. 
Uh, and But, you know, that's kind of where the technology really started, I think, was with the ATS concept. Uh, and how do we make um, the filing of CVs more efficient and effective? And not so much the filing, the retrieval of CVs. Yeah. So you could find people, because we could never, you know, we had more trouble finding people uh, with a file cabinet. But it turned out that actually the file cabinet was more efficient than the tools were in the early days, right? Well, I think people, a lot of the people here may not remember that there were file cabinets. Like, we've not always had an ATS. We've not always had the tools that are right. here. We used to we used to have paper files. And, like, some of the things that we used to do translated into the technology. Yeah, yeah. Right. So having a tear sheet, like Bullhorn, one of their main things is that you create your daily tear sheet. That... That's what you did when you like sat down and wrote out all the right. calls you were going to make. And dot, dot sheet said uh, MRI. Yeah. You would like fill in a little dot every time you make a phone call, and they would track. Okay, did you make two hundred phone calls, calls today? That's right. You know, it was like I, I was dot sheeting yeah, back. Sure. You know, yeah, around nine eleven. It's so funny how all those old processes translated into the technology we have today. Right. And we just sort of take it for granted. It's sort of like the little save icon. Yep. Still looks like a floppy disk, even though my kids don't know what a floppy disk is. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, <laughs> it's one of the real challenges of, of technology is, um, you know, you, you can't or you shouldn't really duplicate paper processes yep. in technology, okay? Right. But, but because that's all we know, right, right. we duplicate the paper technologies until eventually we decide we don't really need those technologies anymore, right? Or they evolve. And I think that... Um, if you were to go into a manufacturing facility and look at how the software has evolved, it would be immensely different than how they used to do it with paper chips and tracking, oh, yeah. so forth oh, yeah. and so on tools. But we really haven't moved that far in recruiting yet. And I think one of the challenges for the recruiting technology space is, you know, how do we change the thinking, uh, which some of the modern tools, uh, like Alio and others, are, are kind of starting to do that. So that we are not necessarily processing a CV, we're processing real data, real time, really having a conversation with somebody. We're not storing stuff in a file cabinet, we're, we're accessing it in real time with real people when we need it, which is a fundamental shift in how we think right, as recruiters. Well, there's a, there's a story in uh, one of my favorite books is, uh, it's starting to get a little dated maybe, I don't know, The Second Machine Age. Um, mm. So... Uh, one of the stories is about when uh, electricity was invented. All the factories before electricity um, were built around a central drive shaft right, right. that had to turn in order to make the machines go. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was that was how they laid out all factories. It took a uh, it took a full generation after electricity was built. You didn't have to lay your machines out that way anymore. You can and you could create much more efficient kind of layouts. And it wasn't until Henry Ford came along, he was like, wait a second, let's let's build out build this in line and produce in in line around the process versus having to have everything built in the center, assembled on the outside. Exactly. Which is the way it was done before. But it took a generation for people to say, oh, this new electricity thing, yeah, yeah. we should do just something differently. We're getting there in recruiting. The technology is evolving a lot, I think, in the last five years, yeah. uh, mainly because of the, the power that machine learning and natural language processing bring to the table. Uh, I think that's right. I mean, I, mean, I think the other thing that we're seeing is the data that we're getting a hold of is also changing, right? So for a long time, the data was, I have a 
a CV, a resume, right? So I have candidate-produced information right. that's getting parsed and sorted and whatever and categorized, fine. But now we're starting to see other data that's coming in about did this candidate behave a certain way? We have more assessments than we ever did. And so we have different ways to, we have different data that we're looking at. I'm, I'm legitimately excited about you know, the movement that blockchain is starting to make where we're tracking what people are doing in the operational systems mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that they use. And then we're throwing that. And it's almost like if I wanted to understand how good a customer service associate would be, I guess I can look at their resume, or I can look at their actual outputs. Exactly. Right? Or I could actually like parse through the conversations and listen for the tonality and pitch of the customer to see if they're happy. People are like, well, that's crazy. I'm like, not crazy. Bank of New York was doing that 10 years ago. That's on the stuff that uh, uh, Modern Hire, which is what Montage is called now, they, that's the, their big uh, product announcement for this week, was uh, people will do video interviews, but they can automatically score that interview. They, they listen to what they have to say, they score how they how they responded. Not in the creepy, like, big brother or, you know, somebody lying now or not, right. but in the, did they answer the question the way that we wanted them to answer the question? Did right. they pass the assessment? And the fact that technology can do that is brilliant. That's, that's, that's well, I just, just showing up. I look at it this way. I mean, I look at it as, uh, I grew up in a small, a very small village okay. in New England, right? And everybody knew everybody. Did you and, call it a village growing up? We just, yeah, we called it the town or the village. The yeah. Town or the, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. That was almost, almost 2,000 people. Okay. So you knew literally every single person in town, and they knew you, and they knew your background and your, your grandparents and your great-grandparents in many cases. Uh, many times you had the same teachers your parents had in school. So you were a very complete person, right? And you go to apply for a job. You didn't have to apply for the job. Right. You'd walk in, and they'd say, oh, Andrew, I know you. I know your father. I know your grandfather. When do you want to start? Right. <laughs> right? And because they knew all about you, so there wasn't a need for a character check or a reference check or any, none of the stuff, right? Yeah. Because they had it. So imagine the world with technology does that for you. And this is where we're heading, I think. I think you're so right. you're out there. Well, I can go out and search the internet. I can find every communication you've ever had. And it sounds scary, and it sounds really intrusive. But, you know, and the reality is your people are going to have a much better idea of who you really are right. than from a piece of paper that you constructed or from, you know, a couple of reference checks that somebody does. We have such a small amount of data to make critical decisions about people's futures that we do not only the company a disfavor, we do the people a disfavor. So what do you think about the, the people that are sort of using some of that social data for evil, right? So um, James Gunn, the director on, uh, gosh, what was it? It was Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. I can't go with a single podcast without mentioning a Marvel movie superhero of some sort. <laughs> there was a bet made at some point I've lost thus far. So, uh, but James Gunn was fired by Disney from his gig because uh, 10 years ago, he sent out some offensive tweets. He's a, he was a comedian, or he was a, sort of a public personality at the time, and he was, he, it was sort of in vogue to be harsh and critical and, and uh, not politically correct. So he said some stuff, that he said, yeah, looking back, oh, that was a really stupid thing to do. I probably wouldn't do that now. But it was 10 years ago. Right. What happens when all that information about you 
starts being used in your employment applications. Yeah. Yeah. You did something stupid when you were a kid. Right. Did that follow you for your whole life? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think whether it's uh, the system we have currently, yeah. which is, I think, can be equally as, as bad, can be right. used in bad ways. I can load a reference check and find, you know, one misdemeanor and dismiss you as a bad person when, in reality, if I knew you really well, yeah. I would, that would be so minor that I wouldn't even worry about it, right? Right. Uh, so I don't think whether it's not technology or information that's the problem. It's how people react to it and respond to it, right? Well, that's really the challenge. Well, I mean, you, you're asking you're asking a question to this data, yeah. right? And really, what you want is you want to get a series of answers that then a lot, you know, the multiple answers together create an insight. Exactly. Right? And I think what we're finding is that we have more information, so we can ask better questions. We can probably get some better answers and get more insight. Sure. But you know, we we tend to try to. It's too binary, I think, our yeah. recruiting. We're, we're trying to be so black and white and say, well, I just want the hire to happen. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Just, we have all this information. We can make a better decision. But also, let's have a realistic one. The For one sure. I had last week is people say, I want to get people to stay with our business longer. You know, and then we say, well, can we hire people who will stay longer? I'm like, well, what's your tenure? They're like, we don't know. We really haven't analyzed it. I'm like, all right, I'll analyze it for you. Yeah. I said, 75% of your business leaves within 36 months. So can we stop the dialogue about how you're trying to hire people to be with you for five years? Let's just assume they're going to leave within 24 to 36 months. Right. What's the level of productivity you need them to get to? Sure. And how are you going to do that? Yeah. I'm like, because you can plan for that. Right. Right? And they're like, well, we've never thought of it that way. I'm like, because you didn't ask. We now have that data. You can ask that question. Yeah. And then you can figure out if we're going to make a, a feasible process change or culture change. But, if you're, but your culture is people leave with you after three years. That's your culture. Yeah. I so, love that. I, I, you bring up a really interesting point of, you know, I'm not a big fan of this focus on tenure. You know, how long is somebody going to stay? And that's not the right question. The right question is, to your point, what are you going to do when you're here? Right. How much are you going to produce while you're here, right? And if you're going to be a super, you're going to produce five times more than anybody else in two years, then I should be really happy that you were employed, right? Well, the other uh, thing that's good about that is you're solving for reality, right? It, you can do one of two things. Oh, three years, that's not long enough. You can either change your reality or you can go and solve for that reality and say, all right, well, let's assume they're going to be here. What I need to do is be able to find people faster and ramp them faster. Yeah, right. Because I don't have to do it more often, right? Right. And you have to decide, am I going to do the, the engagement piece to keep them or am I going to do the find and ramp piece? But it, it still solves the business problem of making sure that your business has all the butts and the seats that they need. No, that's why I'm not a fan of workforce planning. You know, I think that the bottom line is we should have continuous, uh, continuous workforce involvement, right? If somebody leaves, I should have a pipeline good enough to almost immediately find somebody else to fit that role. So that's actually workforce planning. With, the, the right way. The right way. The right exactly. Way. The right way. Yeah. Right. Right. So I have. I had. I had that dialogue literally this morning at seven a.m. <laughs> before I got here. We're working on a project, and we're saying. Well, we have to create a workforce plan. And I'm like, what you want is we have to create an understanding of how difficult it is to do staffing up and replacement that would naturally occur anyway. Right. Okay. 
What are the resources that are required? What's the estimated cost associated with those hires? How often are we going to make those hires? Because I know that it, I know that the cost is plus or minus ten percent. Yeah, I know it's going to be a range. But if it's five hundred hires, it's five hundred hires. Mm-hmm. Is it a hard set of work? It is or it isn't. Do I need to hear? Listen, five hundred hires probably means. 1,500 interviews, and it means 15,000 candidates, or it doesn't. Those are the right dialogues, right? I mean, not where are we going to get a succession plan for John. Oh, I, I hate that. hate that. Nothing I hate more. I hate the whole hypo thing. Don't even get me started on any of that stuff. No nine blocks? Yeah. Huh? No, no nine blocks. No none nine blocks? Stuff. None of this stuff. Okay. None of this stuff. I, don't, I, I think they, they've fallen out of vote now. Uh, yeah. Hopefully... I, uh, I think they, they're dying off. Kevin, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been really, fun. Thank you for coming. Um, I don't know if I said this, but you, you're one of the, my heroes in this business. I'm so glad you're here <laughs> and talking to us. I've always, uh, I've always watched what you do and, and said, oh, that's the way you're supposed to do it. <laughs> so um, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, lots of fun. Want, yeah. You wrap us? Ke- yeah, Kevin, where can people find you over the next few weeks and months? Where are they? Where are you going to be at speaking or engaging? Well, I'll be at, at ERE in Washington D.C. Okay. I'll be at the Future of Talent Retreat in Australia. I'll be at the Future of Talent Retreat in California. Uh, I'm always available on online, at email, or websites. Um, Kay Wheeler at futureoftalent.org or on our website, futureoftalent.org. Excellent. That's exactly the next question I was going to ask. So, so thank you, Kevin. On behalf of Kevin Wheeler and Jason Roberts, this is Andrew Godomsky of Recruiting.Technology. We are signing off from the Venetian. Thanks, everybody. Adios. Thanks for joining us. Please remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook or reach out to us directly through our website at www.recruiting.technology.